0: Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. What's up, everybody? Alex here with Swamp Rat Fishing. I got my co-host here, Paul, and this is Bass and Brews. As we stated, this podcast is going international. Last week, we got featured in Antarctica's Bass Fishing quarterly newsletter. Just hot off the press, we just made the top 100 fishing podcasts in Argentina. So we're doing things, folks. We're doing things. Tonight we've got a great tournament angler on. We've got Mark, um, and we are gonna talk to him. But before we get started, we gotta talk about just like we talk about every week. HooksetHoodlums.com. dot uh, Make sure you guys take a look over there. Uh, you can use promo code Swamp Rat Fishing. Paul, what's yours?
1: Paul Hills. T- or he- I,
0: I forgot. Listen, go to we'll Paul. Post Blake. it below. <laughs> No, we're going to post, and here's what I want. I want everybody to go out there and buy one item, use one of our promo codes, but use the promo code of the host that you like the best. So we have, like, straight-up Survivor style, right? Well, I, I got the tail of mine
1: first. Keep talking. I'll tell them mine when I find it. Hold on. I'm
0: pretty sure yours is Paul Heels, but they have just released these pink shirts right here, Real Men Wear Pink. They released uh, a blue top water Assault shirt and a born-to-fish tank top, all solid stuff. You'll see the shirts next couple episodes. Also, as you're listening to this on Friday, they have a huge giveaway going on right now. They are giving away probably, uh, Ken estimated around 300000 dollars dues worth of merchandise and gear. So make sure you get on that. Um, Me and Paul, we're going to start. Are you ready yet, Bumpkin. Anyways, Paul's uh, discount code is Paul Heels. Just type that in there and you'll be able to get a 10%. But remember, pick your favorite host. I think it's it's, uh, it's Heels.
1: That's what I said. No, just Heels. H-E-E-L-S-10. Listen,
0: if you guys want to know, go over to Paul's Instagram page. He'll be able to tell you there. So we are starting a new segment uh, this week. And we're going to do our Instagram and YouTube comments of the week. So uh, if you get the comment of the week, you win the illustrious prize that only Bass and Brews can give. And that means that uh, our degenerate audience gets to hear your comment said out loud, and we're going to shout out your name. So, Paul, what do you got for, uh, for Instagram comment of the week?
1: All right. This is a good one. I'll tell you what. He's got a couple. I got hooked up north. And this first one was, this was a great episode, dude. And y'all definitely need to wear more cat shirts. I did. I got, I got my "You're Freaking Me Out" shirt on tonight. This is a this is a Walmart special shirt. Walmart had the best cat tees. They used to. I got to get some new ones too. Dude, we got to get sponsored by Walmart cat tee section and yeah. we can get a best bruise cat don't, shirt. Don't tell the beardess. The beardess, aka my wife. <laughs> Change the changed logo. Wait, cats, eat rats, right? Never mind, reverse. But this is the best one. You tell somebody's listening when they give you a comment like this one. Having a certified aquatic plantologist on board makes all the difference. Fucking
0: <laughs> Awesome. So if you guys want to be featured on Paul's favorite comment, make sure to go follow him at Paul Heels over on Instagram. Uh, for me – I've got a country boy Creek fishing. He posted on uh, the replay live stream. He posted, man, I love this podcast. Hold on. Let me restart that real quick. He posted fire, 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 man. I love this podcast. First podcast I've ever listened to. And man, now I'm stuck. I don't know if you're stuck because you realize how low it is, but uh, that's where we're at. And uh, he said, keep them coming, bros. The world is watching, man. If the world is watching, it's a real sign of the times of where we're at. Um, but I mean, we're doing big things like, like we talked about, we just cracked the top 100 in Argentina. So we're, we're getting there, but that is country boy Creek fishing. If you guys want to be featured on my comment of the week, leave a comment on this replay on YouTube.
1: Country boy Creek fishing, local North Carolina boy. And let me tell you, he's got some good stuff on his, on his Instagram too. So y'all. Take he absolutely it. does.
0: Big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of him and he's been a fan of the Swamp Rat page and the Bass and Brews, so he's a good dude. Again, if you guys want to get your comments read out, go over to Paul Heels on Instagram, and then uh, uh, reply to the YouTube video of this. So tonight, before we start, we've got a crack. Don't Don't you do it yet, Paul. I know this is week two, but you got to get this down. All right, local brew, what do you got? I've got Cape May IPA Standard Green. Hey, Mark
1: Mark, Mark, Mark Mark. got excited about this night. We got to make sure he gets his in too. There I got, go. mine ain't local. It's a founder's all day IPA session L. And I hear Ike talking about it all damn time. And honestly, it was the first thing that I saw at the gas station that was <laughs> uh, not a steel reserve to 11, but was a big beer. So I got it. So here we
0: are. Don't crack it yet. But are, are you saying that Mark is not steel reserve? Caliber of a guest, you know what? You know what? Before you answer, I feel like we need to bring him in so he can defend himself on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark, how are you, buddy? Hey guys, listen, I want to make sure that you can defend yourself because it sounds like Paul last episode. Paul said that Steel Reserve Two Eleven was a sophisticated beer, so uh, I want to make sure that you can defend yourself. I mean.
2: I don't even know if I've ever even tried steel reserve. Or- <laughs> <laughs> You've never sunk that low. I, I don't. I mean, I guess according to Paul's standards, I don't think I've ever flown that high. But.
1: <laughs> well, look, Mark is going to introduce the world, not local to around here, to a beer that they're going to associate with a video game that is delicious. Not the video game, the beer. He brought some good shit up in here tonight. Now,
0: <laughs> all right, Mark, what do you got? So we can do the right. synchronized can crack. Let's see what. What do you got?
2: Man, I got—I got, I already started drinking. Do I need to crack another one? Yeah, you <laughs> need to cool. crack another one. Yeah.
0: I'm finish that one first, though. <laughs> no, right. no, no, no. You double fist it. That's how we get the best interviews.
2: All right. So th- this one told my wife I'd be on my best behavior. So, Good luck. <laughs> this is a local brewery, Fortnite Brewing. Actually, uh, hooked me up for this episode. I just put a little fun post out and said, "Hey." Uh, Six Pack will get you a, a mention. I mean, they they treated me right, so I can't believe it. But, uh, yeah, i, I got to give a shout-out to Fortnite Brewing here in uh, Cary, North Carolina. Love it.
0: All right, friends. gents. You ready? Three, two, one. Oh, all that ASMR for the listeners.
1: Shit. I can't. <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed
0: to? <laughs> <laughs> I really should have uh, – before we get to Mark, I, so how Paul got on the show was, uh, I was just like, Paul, it, it, it was kind of like asking that girl to, like, your first dance, right? It was real shy, like, hey, Paul, like, you know, you do, you're really funny, Um uh it, do you maybe want to be my co-host? I really should have done an IQ test and maybe check to see if this guy was going to try to drink beer through a helmet before I decided to have him on.
1: Dude, I wore a a I wore my drinking helmet the first podcast ever. You should have known. It didn't have the face guard. <laughs> well, it was an owl bike helmet.
0: It was an owl bike helmet. All right, Mark, uh, you're a – Kayak angler, um, you're at a North Carolina, correct? Correct. And and not only are you a kayak angler, you're a uh, you're a tournament guy, from what uh, from what I've seen.
2: Yeah. So uh, last August, I picked up my first kayak and just I had fished boat turns before. I had a boat mm-hmm. for a bit, fished out of the back of the boat, doing DFLs and ABAs, and I had gotten rid of the boat a couple years ago, sold it to a buddy actually, and. Need a way to get out in the water and start getting out in the kayak and hearing from a few guys about tournaments and always played sports all my life, competitive. And so I said, you know what, yeah, give it a shot. And uh, turned out to be pretty good for the last almost a year now. I mean, a little more. He He's, uh,
0: folks, he's being like, I'm going to pull it up here. I got some stats. This is how fancy we are. <laughs> so, so he, uh, Mark here fished at the Catawau, Cla- Wait, hold on, maybe we shouldn't start with that one. Let's go with uh, the CCKF. What is that?
2: So we got the Central Carolina kayak fishing group here. Uh, it's based right around the Triangle, Raleigh, North Carolina area. Fish a few lakes, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half away, but mostly central to the big lakes, Falls Lake, Sharon Harris, Jordan, and ones that are pretty well known now because of MLF. MLF's hammering those ones.
0: Yep. Paul's shaking his head. But at, during the April online monthly, you took second. That's a solid, that's a solid take there.
2: Yeah, and I think the guy who beat me had 108 and three quarters, and I think I had around 105 and three quarters. So. Wow. That's a close one. But anytime you can get five over 20 in a, you know, anything, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with it.
0: And then uh, we'll fast forward to May uh, in the uh, CCKF Falls Lake. Man, these CCKF guys seem kind of funny. It's called the Mama Needs a New Pair of Shoes event. <laughs> uh, you took 16th out of 55. That's a great finish, right? I mean, maybe not in the money, but it's definitely in the upper echelon of it.
2: Yeah, one of the big struggles I've had this year, it's especially being new to kayak fishing, is and you know balancing a job and wanting to do what I want to do with fishing is a little bit tough. and. I didn't get to pre fish for any events other than Lake Hartwell and when I went to Texas. Those are the only two events that I've really pre fished for. And so I went out to some brand new water for me. Uh, the wind was going to pick up that day pretty good. And so I hit the river that flows into the north end of Falls Lake and fished there. And I was the only one left at the boat ramp by the end of the day and still got a couple fish into the boat. And Turned a decent result out of that. You know, that's kind of my progression upwards. I had a little bit of a rough start to the year, getting used to fishing out a kayak and some of the cold water uh, down here, you know, 40, 50 degrees, right. and fishing is sluggish. So.
0: And then we've got uh, – you mentioned Lake uh, Hartwell. You finished a fifth out of 158. That's a solid – it's a solid. <laughs> uh, caveat yeah. here, that was for the Queen
1: City KBF. Mark, tell us what you learned from, the, from that tournament.
2: So, one, I should have entered the Hobie. <laughs> because uh, if I would have if I would have entered the Hobie, I would have been in the top three after day one. No way. And then if I would have fished the second day, which I went out and fun fished, because when I got out to my day one ramp, there was nobody there. I actually thought that I made the biggest mistake that I could have in <laughs> the biggest tournament that I ever fished. I get there. There are crickets. There are shad busting everywhere. I'm going like, what is going on? And so I get out to my point. I sat there with nobody around. I caught five fish. I had my limit within the first 25 minutes. God, and, that's uh, insane. Well, I, it's only a four fish limit for QCKBF, but I had a dozen within the first 45 minutes. And Then I just started working some of the areas I had spotted fish earlier and uh, the pre-fish on Friday, and yeah, and then I would have been up in top five in the Hoagie. <laughs> <for laughs> and I only fish for an hour the second day, two hours the second day, and uh, I would have been top five just with that. So, I, it's so
1: yeah, that's the thing about tournament fishing too is is you hear you, you hear some of these numbers, but in I, we'll get in you know people listened to Pintograph, I mean, or uh, Champlain. Uh, the guy up there. I mean, he was done at nine thirty every day, and and that's the thing is, um, you if you get on those fish early, from the the tournament standpoint, and you get a good bag early. I mean, then you're you're out there looking for some biggins wherever they may be, time of year and and all that. But that's cra- that is crazy, man. The the and these are the ones leading up to. And this so, ain't even the ABA that you're going to talk about.
2: Yeah,
0: but
1: this is um, leading to the the national championship. This is I, crazy. Yeah, I
0: I want to go back to that Hartwell one. Why didn't you uh, do the Hobie one?
2: <laughs> I'm cheap.
0: <laughs> I got you. Uh, Dude, that's a totally have, that's a totally valid.
2: Yeah. I I if you look at my uh, tournament finishes from January through March, like I was just kind of beating myself up saying, you know, why am I even doing this? (laughs) Just because I was getting to that point of, you know, I'm putting the time to go to these places. I wasn't getting to put the time in to pre-fish them. And I just said, you know, I I almost wish Hobie kept the entry open longer because, especially for guys like me, I would have put my 260 bucks in or whatever the entry fee was if I could have Friday at noon, you know, uh, because I I knew that I found something pretty good even just work in different areas of the lake. And I would have put in the money then, but because they got that cut off, it was like Wednesday at midnight before. And that so I, I, I've only fished Lake Hartwell one time and I fished, uh, the BFL regional there. First day I fished with a guy that was pretty good. Former FLW co-angler. We got on some small fish, but the second day I was with a, a gentleman that, uh, you know, got the call last minute to come down and fish, and we weren't on anything. So going down to Hartwell, four and a half, five hours away, and having no idea where I was going to fish, what I was going to try to, you know, throw $500 at a weekend after everything. Right. <laughs> you know, not this All time. right, so
0: before we get to the next one, and this is June 9th, this is uh, Possum Kingdom, uh, which – Funny antidote, I had to Google it. you got to be careful Googling Possum Kingdom because uh, if you have your safe search filter off, there's uh, some little extra in there. But I, I, I want to rewind a little bit. Um, first, so you say you really started kayak fishing last year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what what kind of boat do you fish out of?
2: So I've got a native Slayer Max 12 1⁄2. Uh, I've got it set up with uh, a uh, ti2 nine inch and it it really helped me out actually in all tournaments that i've fished uh, i know you've had the discussions in some of your other podcasts between the hobies and the the propeller ones and you know i position myself and back up slightly and move forward slightly mm-hmm. uh, that's helped me in the tournaments that i have been successful in this year and even in the online stuff that i do for the monthlies the month longs it's the, the areas that I fish, it keeps me where I need to.
0: Is that the uh, the kayak that you started with? Because I know uh, talking with Paul and and uh, Lone Star, I had him a couple weeks ago. These are guys that went from like hundred dollar boats to like four grand boats, like right away. Did you start with uh, the
2: native, or? So I've always been a native. Uh, I had a a friend of a friend hook me up with a little Propel thirteen, mm-hmm. for a good deal, and that started out the curiosity. Uh, I had a gentleman who needed a, a lighter kayak and he had a 13 and a half Titan traded him for that. Okay. And then the 13 and a half Titan was great. I mean, you could stand on the side of that and do jumping jacks if you want. Um, and then a buddy of mine who's a big tournament angler used to have you know really nice bass boat, wanted the 13 and a half for him and his son. So got that to him and picked up a Titan 12 and then the <laughs> Titan 12, and then I was like, well buddy has got the Slayer max for a good deal. And, you know, it's got the switch panel. I've got all my wires right. know, tucked in the hole. So it's a slick setup for me. I can get my boat off my truck and in the water in 12 minutes. That's so, awesome. I think
0: that's, that's, that's super awesome. Especially for your turn it guys. Also uh, for anybody that lives in, uh, I guess, North Carolina, um, Definitely watch Mark because it seems like he goes through boats fast, so you might be able to pick up stuff uh, on that used market really easy.
2: Yeah. That's a
0: lot of boats, but 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 what what I do like is that you stayed with the prop system, the yeah. superior system to the uh, yeah. the fins. Well, it's
1: like the Jennifer Lopez of kayaks. He's just one to the next.
2: <laughs> Listen,
0: that's uh, now trademarked by Bass and Bruise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you're in the native. And uh, what would you say you're, uh, and again, I, I want to get to Possum Kingdom, but, but I want to make sure folks have a good grasp of uh, who you are as an angler so they can totally get kind of how you experience the whole thing. So what's your fishing style, you think? Are you more of a finesse? Are you more of a power?
2: So I've kind of narrowed it down to probably five baits that I probably stick with. Okay. Um, and a lot of it comes from fishing the co-angler side for a number of years. I've got a Senko, a Shaky Head, a Jig, a Spinner Bait, and a Topwater. Usually a Buzz Bait right now. Uh, okay. Crank Bait if I need to cover some water quick. But, um, you know, if I'm not throwing a Spinner Bait, I'm throwing a Chatter Bait. So, just kind of – I've got the progression of the water column. I've got the progression of the the forage that the fish are looking at. So, kind of just stick with those baits. Once I find one, I might tweak it here and there mm-hmm. throw different similar baits on it to see if maybe there's a little bit better bite on one or the other and but yeah i, I so, like to get. i'm leaning towards power fishing now i'm realizing how getting that quick bite and getting a number of fish fast is really beneficial especially in the kayak tournaments you can't necessarily go with a slow presentation like a shaky head you know to start out your morning right because one fish every 15 minutes but if i can throw a top water catch three fish in the first 15 minutes i'm way better off
1: yes especially now uh in our area mark now the fish have schooled up and so if you're getting on at one of these schools that's busting shad on the top of the water in a kayak it's not like the boat where we can chunk it out there you reel it in you take it off throw it in the live well you yeah. know we got we got to measure and do all this stuff so we, we lose a lot of opportunities catching those fish in those, those schools.
2: Yeah. Busting
1: sure. the shad this in, in the summertime down here. And so, you know, you got to be able to to pick it up and go get another one real quick. And um, I mean, you're, it d- just depends on where you are and when you hit that feeding time.
0: I, I, I got a question for both of you guys. I'm not, um, I'd love to do, tournaments right i i really would uh hopefully here not this next year but the year after once i finally uh retire out of the military i'm going to hopefully um get into fishing i don't know i have to get a real job and all that other stuff which sucks but um you're retired fishing will be your job
1: that's not quite how that works uh <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 get your wife straight
0: <laughs> but so Is there a rule that prevents – so, you know, so I have, especially during bed season, I have that donkey leash, that calcos donkey leash. And uh, so I'll I'll bed fish, catch that male, donkey leash the male off, and then go after the female. So you're talking about how these things are schooled up. Can you – is there any rules to stop you from, you know, donkey leashing, like, four of them off the side of your boat before you start measuring anything to continue to keep going?
2: I would actually have to double-check on the rules that, I mean – I feel like that was actually asked in the Queen City group recently Mm -hmm. about that, but I haven't tested the waters on that one. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Um, I'd have to look and see myself. Now, I will say this. Drew Gregory used to have the River Bassin series, and they could portage, so they could get out of their boat and Mm -hmm. and wade, and this was, I think, his last podcast, he was talking about they saw a guy putting fish, you know, uh, submitting fish, and they saw a fish in his boat or the side. And the guy was walking down, catching a stringer of fish and bringing them back and doing it. So That's I would assume, since that was at the time one of the biggest bass fishing circuits around, that there might be something in there. But I don't think I've seen about being able to donkey leash or
0: Right, I mean, I I, again to go back a couple episodes, uh, uh, Lone Star kayak fishing. He, uh, if you watch any of his videos, he always goes, "Oh, I'm going to throw him in the live well," um, so he can like continue. You know, he's going to take his pictures, all that good stuff. But all he does is he's got donkey leashes off to the side. So, I mean, if it's not written in there, I don't know. I mean, if they're all in a school, I mean, I mean, if it works, Mm -hmm. I'll only take a 10% mark of the winnings. uh, (laughs) This whole donkey leash swamp rat theory of just donkey leasing as many fish as possible, right? <laughs> and then, right, because then you don't have to stop fishing. Because you, you, you're absolutely yeah. right, Paul, uh, when you talk about the how it is a, a downside that you have to kind of stop, take your picture. You can't just throw in the live well and keep going. Mm-hmm. And I net I net most of my fish. Net? What? So what do you, you mean? What's a net? I don't know if you've seen my videos. I don't know what a net is, obviously. And I never bring it and I lose giant fish all the time.
1: Right. So I net <laughs> N-E-Y-E-T net all of my fish. And when you net fish with, with fucking treble hooks. Yeah. i got one of these rubber no they I mean, I they it takes forever to get the damn fish out of there. I mean you know you've you've lost it, but yeah, that, but that goes down to tournament fishing is so much different than just out there pleasure fishing or yep. anything like that. I mean, there's a whole different mentality about time management and all this and that. And that's why Mark, Mark's story for the Bass Nation is, I mean, that's where I think he separated himself from a couple other people
0: that, that we know in that arena. Well, I mean, let let's get to that, Mark. You fished Possum Kingdom. That's that was a, a Bassmaster event, correct? And Steve. not like a little one, not like a little one, right? That was the uh, biggest, yeah, the biggest stage
1: kayak bass fishing has had up to this point, right, Mark?
2: Yeah, I mean, they did a they did a an event last Bassmaster Classic to kind of test the waters mm-hmm. and had her you know people up on stage for um, a weigh in, but this one was the first ever Bass Nation National Championship. And, yep, go ahead, Paul.
1: (laughs) Also, uh, before you get into that, tell us how you qualified for that event, too.
2: So we did have one event in North Carolina, which is one of the things that I think everybody wants to see improved going forward is we were super grateful for the opportunity to go and fish, and we had a small group come out to the North Carolina qualifier. And, you know, in the end, I basically qualified through luck. Um, <laughs> so that was actually uh, when they were going through, we had eight guys on fish and they oh, said, oh, eight. yeah, eight guys. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I fished it because I was like, if I'm ever going to make it to the Bass Master Classic, this That's is good. <laughs> Where'd
1: y'all fish? What was that? Where did y'all fish?
2: Uh, Sharon Harris. And it was, I'd gone out the week before and I had like a 19 and two 18s and was like, all right. And that was just in a short morning. And I went out probably the week before that and I had two 19s and an 18. And that was another short morning. So I was like, all right, well, I can find, you know, decent fish, at least to get me somewhere in the running. And then the Friday before, we had, I don't know how many inches of rain, like 20 miles an hour winds, and it was just miserable the day before. And some of the guys I know actually went out and pre-fished. Actually, um, the guy that I ended up traveling with to Texas, uh, Dave Hart, he pre-fished before that, I believe, and <laughs> was miserable out there. But it did pay off for him. And uh, but I ended up lucking out, getting into the five that got selected to go. Uh, Matt Dunn, who's a hammer in this area. Uh, he's one of those guys that anytime he's in a one-day tournament or a month-long tournament, you got to watch out for him. Especially Sharon Harris. Especially Sharon Harris, and uh, you know he he had a good day, and he took the win on that one. Got a little bunch of money in his pocket, but it was just a miserable day weather-wise, before <laughs> and it wasn't a great day uh, for anybody really. I mean, guys had some decent limits, but. So I ended up getting the ticket through there and just really
0: lucked out on that one. And then, um, so, so just kind of explain how, how it was doing that whole process, like showing up. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. Like, I'm not a tournament guy. I did follow this tournament. Uh, I, I had, uh, I think, two local guys from my local club that's around me actually go to it. Um, dude, it, it seemed epic. It seemed huge, like a big deal for the whole kind of sport.
2: Yeah, they had over 200 people that were invited to it. And we had, I think it was 146 ended up coming to Texas to, to duke it out. And when we got there, uh, you already saw the presence of the kayak anglers. And I mean, Possum Kingdom is actually a pretty huge lake mm-hmm. and a pretty huge area. But you would be driving along. Uh, you'd see guys passing you on the highway. You know, this is even before pre-fishing started. And so it was pretty neat to see that element to it. You know, like, you know, one of the big names, Christine Fisher, you saw her, yeah. you know, hopping around different ramps. And, you know, she stands out because of her setup, too. I mean, she's got a, an incredible Nissan truck. She's got the Hobie. You can spot her from a mile yep. away. And, uh, she- Total side note. I asked her to be on the
0: podcast. I have yet to receive anything back. Christine, listen, you <laughs> wanna, do you want to slum it? Because we're here for you when you want to slum. And by slum, I mean number one podcast in Antarctica. But, um,
1: yeah. It's Argentina.
0: No, no, no. We're in the top 100 in Argentina. We're number one in Antarctica, though.
1: I just got here. We're going to be top USA of America in two
0: weeks. USA of America. But go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool to actually see, like, all these big names that uh, a lot of folks see on social media, they see on YouTube and things like that just in this whole community. Uh, it's got to be a trip to see all them there.
2: It was really intimidating, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, If I hadn't fished the Hartwell event against a lot of those top names, you know, there were you know, the Ewing Miners, the Christine Fishers, um, you know, the Russ Snyders, the Jody Queens. They were at Hartwell in that. And I, that was another reason I was intimidated about Hartwell. And basically, didn't feel like donating. Unfortunately, I realized later that, that wasn't the case. Uh, you know. And I, I did set a goal because I, you know, I follow Christine especially, and you know, Russ, and I'm like, I want to beat you know some of the top anglers here. And I was happy that they're fishing the Queen City side, and uh, was able to do that. So going into Possum Kingdom, it gave me a little bit of a pep in my step, and. I went down there with kind of the same goal. You know, I wanted to get top 10, lifelong dream to walk the stage. And so I I put the effort in. I put in about 12 to 14 miles during tournament practice each day. And that's pedaling around and on a big lake with some big waves. And Dave and I even went out striper fishing after one night. (laughs) (laughs) Like 11 o'clock, you know, battled and you did well, man. Like you, you yeah. got sixty
0: fourth, right? Sixty fourth. I got sixth. Sixth. No, top
2: ten. <laughs> six out of Possum awesome Kingdom.
0: Look, man, I'm down here in North Carolina. I'm doing South Carolina math, and I know the. Hey, hey, you got six. I don't know if I you knew that, or not. Um I totally I read that, to that wrong. You got six. Uh, update, man. I'm a. Uh,
1: Awful look, host. Mark. Look, Mark. Let, let me excuse, He started drinking before the
0: podcast started, too. You know? I always do. Hold on. So, <laughs> so honestly, man, that is that's insane. That's a, I know, right? Like, I've been telling you, we talked about this for a week. like there's a lot going on, Paul. No, man, that's uh, six. That's amazing, man. That's and those are big names that you went up against,
2: yeah. Uh, and to hold your own
0: and only being in the sport for a little over a year, right?
2: Like that's
1: how many times have you fished Texas, Mark?
2: I have never fished Texas in my life.
1: Have you been to Texas? Yes. So he's seen water in Texas, never fished it. Yeah. But this is like this. When, when you think about people wanting to get in the kayak fishing, this is, this is one of the reasons Mm -hmm. is the, the cost of entry is it 80? Uh, it all the stuff everybody talks about, but you it's also like you can compete right on a level that you never thought you could compete. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's sitting here talking about our local tournaments, which aren't small by any means. I mm-hmm. fished in all these local tournaments, met Mark Fish in I finished behind him probably in all of them. And the you know, we're talking about uh at, at these events, there were sixty to eighty people. I'm pretty sure at, at all these events wow. at the beginning of the year. So I mean, there's a lot of people there.
2: And, 60, yeah, if there's sixty to eighty for, and that's a you know really a first year group here in the Triangle. and We're already yeah. at 60 to eighty. And that's amazing. We got, uh, yeah, got the city, and we had 120, 130 hey. guys out in January and February oh, goodness, in now. the rain of mm-hmm. freezing temperatures.
1: Yeah. The PDFs, of, they
2: they okay. average like 115.
1: That's insane. It is crazy. And, and but this shows this shows that it doesn't matter what you did at the last tournament. It doesn't yeah. matter what you did yesterday. It only matters what you did today. You can only prepare enough to go out there with a game plan and and like that's mark is a prime example of somebody that just it I hate to use the word grind because it's one of these most overused fucking terms in in <laughs> fishing uh bat hammer grind like you know come on now uh, look, <laughs> you if you uh, anyway but this this marks a prime example of somebody that just went out there he had a plan just grinding. And, he either executed it or he changed it, right? and he did well while he was out there. I mean, that's the allure for people to go compete in kayak tournaments. Like, you can it. – I'll take a football example. I played football at Carolina, UNC. 2001, we're playing Florida State, number five or six ranked team in the country. This is two weeks, I think, after 9-11. You, we we had no chance to beat them compared to you know, for for the betting sports and everything else, but we beat them we were like forty two to nine at mm-hmm. home. And in sports, you can anybody can win on any given day. And fishing is a sport, especially kayak fishing. That is a sport, and you can win every day. You go out on that water and compete. You can win. You can be number one.
2: Yeah. And the crazy part is, you know, I go out to I go out there and the first night that we're there and they had torrential rains the week, the week leading up to the tournament. Right. So you could literally see this reddish brown mud just seeping on the lake. And as we get there, we're going, all right, you know, we're North Carolina. Almost all of our lakes are muddy. <laughs> um, gin clear, like I grew up in Rochester, New York. I mean, I could see 15 feet down, 20 feet down Lake Ontario. So it's taken transition, a transition for me to fish these lakes down here in the south. And so we get there, and this lake is usually gin clear. You know, it's a clear water fishery. And uh, then we end up getting another storm. Actually, we got trapped at our campgrounds. We couldn't get to any ramps because there was flooding on the road. So our second day of practice was almost shot because we couldn't go anywhere mm. other than where we were at, and we had to wait out. You know, In the afternoon, we finally went out. And that's where I confirmed my pattern after the first day. But then the third day, I did it again, and I was like, all right. But we were fishing waters that were – you couldn't see more than a foot deep, and these fish are used to 10, 15, 20 feet of clarity.
0: And so, what was the pattern, uh, if you don't mind, saying that uh, you were able to run to to get the six? Six. Um, and just so everybody knows, I, I knew it was six. I just wanted to uh, drum up. Up. It, wanted yeah, up. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, so, it was, it was actually a lot of fun for me because when I first got into tournament angling, uh, there's a gentleman named Brian Fritz. Uh, the last name might ring a bell. Um, first name might not, but he's a, a guy that is super knowledgeable about the lakes around North Carolina. And he actually taught me how to skip a jig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched him just hammer me on Sharon Harris, uh, <laughs> where I couldn't fish anything. And so we got to the lake, out in possum kingdom and I started just throwing a shaky head again. Like I love throwing a shaky head just to figure out if there are fish around, and start, I got five bites in my first practice day before 2 p.m. So I knew I could catch a limit before the cutoff for pictures. And I had like 82, 83 inches. So it wasn't horrible, but for Texas, you just didn't know. And then the next day, when we went out finally after in the afternoon, I started throwing a jig instead. Okay. Started getting bigger bites. And so then we got the next day and we kind of slept in a little bit. The water's getting so muddy. You're just kind of saying, there's got to be something that, you know, we already know if we know anything. So I did the same thing. I got hits again. And so I said, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Corey uh, coordinated with my buddy Dave that I traveled with and said, you're welcome to the pattern too, if you want it. Uh, and he actually made out okay. The first day as well, uh, he lost a big one with five minutes left. Same thing, throwing a shaky head though, and he would have been up on the stage with me if he would have got that 20 incher. So it would have been a really good representation for North Carolina. Yeah, I caught. I, I actually left my area because the water was so muddy. Went about four miles down to a cove, saw the guy who came in second catch one. Went all the way back into that cove where there was actually clear water, got one, came all the way back out, and went to my old areas that I felt were going to produce. And I caught four fish in the last hour and a half, to in 19th after the first day. And the second day I said, well, I don't need to leave my area, and I want to try one other spot. Caught a nice twenty-inch on a spinner bait from True South. I uh, actually got some custom ones being made and shipped to me right now. Nice, <laughs> I nice. That. Uh, because that twenty-incher destroyed it, uh, bent it out, and so I needed to get some new ones. Some Possum
0: and, King spinner baits.
2: Are, are they? Are they stamping?
1: MG on the blades. There you <laughs> go.
2: There you go. Uh, I need. I need to get my own line out of them, right? <laughs> but well, man, you're on the
1: biggest stage in fishing. Get it yeah. while you can, because you might yeah. not be up there again.
2: But I went back to skipping the docks, and I actually lost probably a 2021. 20, mm. And Oof. then, I, but I, my biggest one I think was 22 and a quarter, and I caught it with about 30 minutes left, and they shut the leaderboard off. You know, <laughs> and uh, I was in like third or fourth, I think, at one point on the leaderboard. So I figured with that 22, if I was ever going to make the top 10, it was because of that fish. And right. And the, the fish in that Possum Kingdom Lake, the guy who took the win on the second day had 112 and three quarters inches. Holy. In one day? In, in one day. Oh, in one in, in in spot.
1: In one Jeez. spot. Just off the, the ramp
0: that yeah. he launched. <laughs> yeah. Did he really? He got him all that yeah. close.
2: Yeah, locked, right.
1: one ramp. All pretty much all that morning. He caught him all that morning. Was done.
2: That's yeah. insane. And he yeah. had actually yeah. the first day he yeah. didn't have anything really, and he went back to the ramp almost like throwing in the you know thrown in his what? head, and he ended up catching 97 inches. He wiped out his whole. Sure group of fish from the earlier part of the day put up 97 inches in the last part of the day 30 minutes out there
1: last 30 minutes of the day fishing the ramp put up 97 inches mark this yeah. is this is right. put up 97 inches <laughs> last 30 minutes at the ramp just rolled up junk junk fishing waiting for the horn to blow so he could go drink beer he put up 97 inches went and drank beer did it again the next day <laughs>
0: No. Listen. Okay, think so about we, how how much more beer he could have drank if he used the swamp rat donkey leash method, where he just towed them bitches all around the lake with him, and uh, <laughs> waited till the last minute to uh, measure him up.
2: Here's here's actually the the best part about it for me is so we get there and they do a big meeting. They actually had us at the Possum Kingdom the Chamber Round chamber. Table, right? They, they, well, this was before the round table. Okay. This was actually before the tournament. So they had us come, they checked all of our boards, they, you know, gave us our Bass Nation sticker, they gave us our identifiers um, for the tournament. And so we're waiting in line. And Mark actually was standing behind me in line, and just kind of started a conversation. And next thing I know, like he disappeared. And five minutes later, he's over by this Western Sun Vodka yeah. table pouring drinks for everybody <laughs> I get up there. And he goes, Hey man, you want one? I said, sure. What do you sit? Su- what do you suggest? And he goes, well, he's like, you look like a two bottle guy. So he brought open two bottles, a little <laughs> lemonade in there. I'm like, are you trying to get me drunk? So I do horrible tomorrow. <laughs> he goes, nah, you could probably take another couple, right? And it was kind of cool. Like, you know, got to meet him beforehand and he's part of old town and, uh, you know, just a really cool guy. Awesome to talk to. Uh, I was super happy for him, you know, for him and his family, you know, to have such an epic win Yeah, and to do it in such a fashion. I mean, Joe McElroy, the guy who came in second, I had seen him the day before when I was coming back out and he's kind of under the shade. I was like, Hey man, you doing all right. You know, you need a water or anything because I'm good. Just a little tired. And little did I know the reason why he was tired was because he was wrecking 107 inches. <laughs> and, you know, i held around trying to find you know, my second fish. And, uh, you know, it's just pretty cool. You go to these places, you know, you hit these magical spots. I hit a magical spot. I mean, I had 99 and three quarters inches the second day. And yeah, go from six. Biggest, biggest limit out of the whole tournament was 99 and three quarters. Yeah, 16th and, to six. That's a huge jump. I mean, that's right. a huge
1: second day. And, and second days is when most people like fall off, yeah. right? Like not, not many folks make the leap on the second day. That's kind of where you start to distinguish yourself from just that, you know, that one day angler, you know, local angler, whatever you want to call them down to the folks that, that can. And I, I don't, you know, manage fish, whatever fish are going to be there. They're not going to be there in my opinion, but you have more than one area to go fish and you have more than one area with a different approach to go fish. I mean, you know, that's that's the whole thing uh, for me, and that shows a lot of what you did. I mean, you had areas to go qu- catch quality fish mm-hmm. with different techniques and different times of day and all that.
2: Yeah, it was uh, – because I was the only guy fishing shallow water, really. All the guys in the top ten, other than Drew Gregory, um, you know, that's another name that when you – you know, you talked about you know him and River Bass and earlier, and you know, be standing on stage with guys like Drew Gregory, Brad Case, you know Mark Pentegraph, um, you know Joe McElroy. I mean, all these guys who you've heard of, you've seen on YouTube videos, you've seen host, tro- host trophies. You're just going, like, is this a joke?
1: <laughs> like, but not only are you up there with them, you are up on the stage
2: yeah. like I
1: mean, that is that is the that is the mecca of bass fishing is that stage mm-hmm. and not only were you up there with, with those folks but you were there for the, all intents and purposes the, the first one you yeah. were on that stage i mean you know you're
0: yeah you're yeah because last place. year's there's no audience right like you were actually had like folks in front of you like
2: yeah. Yeah, they had they have let people in for uh, the weigh-in or the presentation for us. Right. And, you know, there was Ryan Lamberts from Kayak Bass Nation. You had, you know, a bunch of the guys um, that are, you know, really connected to that. You had the Christine Fishers. You had yeah. – uh, it was really nice. Like, we had a, a couple of guys from the North Carolina contingent that went. Uh, Corey Racer was there, came up to me after, which meant a lot because – I don't expect anybody to know my name out there and and have somebody come out to me and be like, Hey man, so happy for you. Going like, I know you, but you, (laughs) now do you know me or did you know me before? And uh, so it was a really uh, uplifting feeling and just everybody was so supportive of each other. That's something that you see in the kayak community is everybody was cheering for everybody out there. You know, people were helping each other out in the water, whether it was broken equipment or, you know, just, you know, Give each other drinks if they need them because it was hot out there. I mean, it was ninety plus degrees, and I, I did um, I did eleven miles, I think. Ten or eleven miles the first day, and like 12, 14 miles the second day. That's Are
0: something. you uh, all pedals too, or do you have like a, a torpedo or something like that strapped on there? All pedals.
2: All pedals all the time, and I think that was actually kind of what separated me and what allowed me to be effective with what my pattern was. I mean, skipping docks is not one of those patterns you can sit on three docks. You know, I probably covered 40, 50 docks every day. Wow. And the other guys are sitting on points where there's just current ripping around, pulling bait fishing and, you know, throwing big plugs, big crankbaits. And, um, you know, another shout out to my buddy Dave, who he did that on the second day. Like in the first hour, he had 93 inches, had a 10-pounder plus come off. You know, he was crushed. He probably... He'll say it himself. He's like probably should have just stayed on that point all day, but he ran, uh, you know, back to some of the docs and that that had produced for us over the week. And but you know, it broke my heart for him because he did exactly what he needed to do for that week to do the same thing that I did, but I just got a little bit luckier, I think.
1: Yeah, it. Well, and Dave, Dave's journey there is not marked where Dave did not struggle <laughs> with the local tournaments. Right. Dave was always. <laughs> always at the top. I mean, he's a, he's a really, really good fisher. Yeah. Mark, you listen fish to the podcast, we don't fish have fish around right here. We, we have, have fish and anglers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's, and yeah. It, it, it's great. It, to kind of back up a little bit, and this is a whole nother segment, but just to touch on it, you know, we talk about the growth of kayak fishing, and the growth of kayak fishing is measured upon the amount of money we win in tournaments moving forward, uh, not the amount of people that are there. And when you start to see these $50, 60 $70, $100,000 pots, you're going to start to see less and less of the community. So, you know, it's the, if kayak fishing continues on the path that it is going, you're going to start to see less of a community and more of a business. And people are going to start to rely on kayak fishing for a living. And it's not going to be quite the same. So when people talk about they want the sport to grow, you know, where where are they wanting it and how are they wanting it to grow? Because at the path it's on now, it is going to be a true professional sport. That people are making a living on, and that changes the dynamics of that community. You don't become a community anymore, you become pods of competitors. And so
2: I will say this though so too. I mean, I definitely I definitely see what you're saying, but I'll give an example from Possum Kingdom where first place was twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Nothing to, you know, nothing to be ashamed of there. And <laughs> There were a couple guys, uh, Daniel Lyons and a local guy, Justin Faircloth. They were right there with Mark yep. And after the first day, Mark was basically like, hey, guys, I'm going to sit in this spot. And I give a lot of credit to Daniel and Justin because they're, okay, man, it's yours. Take it. And we're going to go. You know, They had other fish that they were trying to get themselves. But I think that says a lot to the pedigree of, fishermen or fishers that, uh, you know we're dealing with when 20 grand's on the line and daniel finished a place above me i believe and he had the 24 and a half inch big bass after the first day
1: well, well justin on the first day gave go through mark his net yep right.
0: on the first day i mean you know so yeah that says uh, well, i think it, what paul's saying is absolutely true like that Stuff could go away when you 20k. You're right, that's nothing to scoff at. I'm not a rich man. Um, 20k is a lot, right? But 100k, that's a lot of money. That's for a lot of folks, probably the bulk of folks. That's a little bit of a life changing amount of money, especially doing a sport like this. Um, I don't think you're gonna, I, I think Paul's right, and we definitely should have a round table about this. I think Paul, um, on how I think that growth. I don't. I think it's going to turn that community again. As somebody who doesn't fish them, but I, I follow the kayak tournaments, I, I could see a lot of that camaraderie going out the window when a hundred k's on the line.
1: Well, it, it come, it'll come down to there will be groups that work together. Is how it is, but, right? Right,
0: just like how this, major league fishing or Bass is, right? Or. Right. Uh, Bassmaster is right now
1: what, what I'm getting at is when it Becomes a way For somebody to feed their family mm-hmm. A way of life That changes the That'll change the Sport right. it's not there yet But if it continues On the path that has continued the last Two to three years mm-hmm. There are going to be people that are Professional kayak bass Anglers and it changes I'm not saying that's a bad thing I mean, I, look, I'm a competitive-ass person. Mm-hmm. I want to compete and win. And I see kayak fishing as that opportunity for me to compete on a high level and win. Mark, Mark is the example. That's why I want him to have him on here. He was the example. And so, like, that, that – this offers this opportunity right now because we're at the forefront where are we, you, where know, the Cowboys of the time of kayak fishing mm-hmm. on the competitive side. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I just, the, the dynamics of the right. changes. I think and then it a good thing, but you just have to, you're going to have people that are at the top of the kayak fishing world that are not ready for that type of competition,
2: hmm.
1: and and this kind of backs up a little bit to me, to Mark, to ask you. You said you played sports and very competitive. What what is your sports background that lends to this competition side? And I say that because I also grew up playing three and four sports through high school, college, college athlete. Like I'm competitive. I want I want to. My kids are never they never win. Because I'm an adult and I'm better than them at everything. And so <laughs> they do I do not let them win. That is who I am. So what what is this what backing up a little bit, what is your background that puts you in this competitive edge?
2: I mean it could go back to I mean, I was six, seven years old and I was doing ice fishing competition in New York and you know getting a trophy then was probably a little bit easier than getting a trophy now, but I always wanted a trophy. Uh, I mean, I would make my dad fish after he worked six days a week, you know, 60, 70 hours. I would make him get up at four o'clock in the morning and we'd fish from 5am until 5pm. And I'd still, you know, try and get him to stay. And, but then it also went to, I played baseball, I played soccer when I was young, but then I ended up playing uh, volleyball in high school and actually playing in a two final fours for division three volleyball and I played golf for the college left, you know, once I got out of college, I ended up, you know, playing golf competitively in the Rochester area, you know, being like a one, two handicap there. And it was just everything that I got into. I'm just like, I need to be successful in it. And, mm-hmm. but fishing was one of those things where I grew up doing it from the time I was five, six years old. And I wanted to be, you know, a competitive angler, but, uh, I think it was kind of opportunities and resources growing up just didn't lend itself to me. I had a, a friend, Mark Hurtlein, uh of my dad's who does tournament fishing still up in that Rochester area, Sodus area, along Lake Ontario. And uh, I messaged him when I started getting into tournament fishing and said, I don't think I'd be where I'm at if it wasn't for you taking me out on Lake Ontario that one night for three hours and letting us destroy some smallies. Uh, Throwing some flukes with the banjo, we actually did the banjo minnow rig on Zoom fluke, <laughs> we do it in the front and hook through the eye there. Yeah, it, it works. <laughs> People joke around about the banjo minnow, but if you do it with a fluke, it makes it legit. And uh, <laughs> I just i
1: I did a podcast earlier today with jigs and bigs with Bobby Roast Beef, and he asked in one of his questions, is "Always wait,
0: wait, Paul. wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Paul, you're cheating on me." You're cheating on me, Paul. I didn't post it. I was being interviewed. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen, it it was a good two-episode run, um, but, uh, <laughs> well, but, but you Paul cheated me? on me. I'm available. <laughs> I'm available. Boom, that's it. Mark just said it. I, he looks a little more truthful, a little more just just loyalty. I can't believe that. He's not as
1: ruggedly handsome as I am, and his southern drawl sucks. He's well, it's New because he's from, from New, New York.
0: New York. So that instantly Yankee, puts him a leg like, up.
1: He's he's a Yankee like all the other hoodlums, except for me. Yeah, I think anywho, you are the only son. Anywho, real quick, because we got some other questions that we do. I, I'm Mr. Yeah. Tangent. And so he's got some other questions I can see he wants to get to. I know we got to get to him, but regardless, hell I am lost a train thought.
0: <laughs> what the hell was I saying? You were talking to Bobby Roast Beef from oh, yeah. the uh, the, uh, the direct yeah, competitor of this podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so Banjo Minnow fads. I'm like, that mid-90s fads of the Banjo Minnow and Helicopter Lure, and I had both of them. I, who was who was the famous person for the Banjo Minnow? Who was it? Do you remember, Mark? I feel like it was
2: – I don't remember who it was for the Banjo Minnow, but I think it was Jimmy Houston for the Helicopter Lure.
1: No, no, no. It was Roland Martin. Roland Martin. For the, for the helicopter lure. So I catch shit on the banjo minnow. <laughs> and I got the banjo minnow because where we used to go to the beach had a dock. And there were bluegill in there like this damn big, mm-hmm. a.k.a. brim. And there were also bass in there this big. And, yes. And so my thought was I'm going to pitch that damn banjo minnow in there because there was a lay down tree I could stand on. It was going to go up under that dock I was going to catch off. That bitch ain't work, ain't catch nothing. But I took the helicopter lure and I called kind of damn fish on that one.
2: <laughs> I caught them on both of them. I go up to a little lake and we had a little uh, man made lake in Altmar, New York that we'd go to. For, that was my vacation every year, too. Also, and my <laughs> one day vacation with my family was not Myrtle Beach or Disney. We went to a little lake with rowboats and we fished from 6 a.m. until 10 o'clock at night, throwing wool <laughs> poppers little, tr- you know, uh, Berkeley worms. And the other things I would throw were banjo minnows and, <laughs> <laughs> and helicopter. It's out of those fish up there. It was, but Dude, that's the same thing I had. We had a
1: pond and it was probably 20 acres and you could not fish from a boat. You had to fish from a bank and I'd walk around that thing all damn day fishing. And then at night I'd go to the surf in, in North Myrtle beach and I'd catch little sand sharks all night long. And that's all I did every time I went to the beach. you talking about a great way to pick up women. Don't let my wife hear this now. You're talking about a great way to pick up women. This is way, way before I met her. I was in hospital. I was a young buck. I ain't even have a hair yet. You go out and you fish at night. And they come up. It's like, what are you fishing for? I'm like, shark. I'm like, nah, ain't no shark out there. I'm like, shit. Hold on a second. You reel in a little 12, 14-inch shark, and you will be amazed at how famous you become in that area.
0: Listen, I think uh, back then it might have worked. Now, with the beard that you have, you would have just looked like a homeless guy looking for food. I (laughs) embrace the homelessness of my appearance. (laughs) My wife
1: keeps talking about my hair getting cut, and I'm like, nope, I'm growing that shit back out.
0: All right, Mark. So you've had so much success in this first year of doing this. Where do you want to be in three years? Whether it be the tournament side, the social media side, like where do you want to see that brand
2: come to? So uh, I'm working on a couple of things. And actually I saw a couple of posts about this recently from some of the kind of the bigger names in kayak fishing, where it's about like spreading the joy and the, just the learning that we've all done through kayak fishing. Mm-hmm. So I do want to start doing in the next couple of years, I want to start getting to some of the more local Hobie events or um, just some of the more national style events. Uh, Cause I almost feel like these couple tournaments are a fluke, but uh, I do want to kind of see what I can do and actually invest the time to pre-fishing because that's the biggest thing I see right now is if I can pre-fish, I can probably hang with, at least the top half, top third. Uh, right? Because all the tournaments, even like the one you mentioned for falls, uh, Randleman, like all those tournaments I finished, you know, top third really. And I never even saw the waters before. Uh, So national level events, but I have started up kind of like, I've got uh, another angler that calls me coach because I go out and I coach anglers on the water and especially ones that are looking more, at getting out there for recreational enjoyment. Uh, so mm-hmm. kind of sharing that through. I've got an account on Instagram that I started called School and Bass. And that's my side account where I'm putting more content and I've got a YouTube page that I'm starting up with that to push out. Here's what I do. Here's what I'm looking at, you know, different times of year. This is why I'm throwing a buzz bait versus a popper, uh, which I've got a video that will be coming out soon for that. repeat uh, well, but- that again. Repeat the
1: name of the channel on Instagram and YouTube. So it is
2: Schoolin Bass. Kind
1: of I-N-G name. or I-N apostrophe? Just I-N.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll have links in the uh, description of the uh, audio version and of the uh, the uh, YouTube version as well.
2: Uh, <laughs> all
1: right,
2: man. I had success with that already with a couple of people getting them out getting them to catch fish and it's i love it awesome. that's awesome it excitement from their side of it because uh my my one student this comment on my last video i posted is she's like why did not you get more excited because I was like all right 17 18 inch bass is you know just kind of normal for me at this point in my mm-hmm. you know in my life and but seeing somebody catch a 14 inch bass and absolutely freak out I mean that's more fun for me than sometimes catching them myself, which is kind of Because I come from a coaching and teaching background. Uh, coached volleyball, softball, and then I taught for four years before I transitioned into um, my, my current roles. But I like it, man. I used to be a teacher. Yeah.
1: Whew. You made a great career choice. I come from a family of teachers. I'm the smart one out the bunch. I ain't never been a teacher.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a labor of love. I do miss things about it, but it's yeah. – uh, Hard do, it's hard to be a fisherman or a fisher and afford that lifestyle. <laughs> Very well, true.
1: I back up when, when COVID hit, I turned into a house husband and my kids are like, why in the hell are you doing our schoolwork? And I'm like, exactly.
0: Listen, <laughs> I've played clips of Paul and I said, Hey, if you don't act better at school, this is going to be your new teacher. And this is uh he's been the best deterrent
2: of that. So. <laughs> All
0: right, man. So, if there's one thing Bass and Brews is known for, it's for um, <clears throat> not getting information right. Uh, again, I knew it was six. I didn't think it was six <laughs> or fourth. But um, also we're known for the rapid fire session. All right? Revin. So it's going to be first off your off your dome. You ready? I'm ready. Crocs or flip flops?
2: Crocs. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out. <laughs> are you
1: skipping ahead? I'm trying to follow the damn notes. My first day.
0: No, no, the, the the are good. You're, you're good, man. You're good. Shur-
1: are. <laughs> Those are. He
0: important. covered that. He covered that. Hold on, behind the scenes, he covered that. He, he said he likes like... to go shallow. So that, that covers uh... that question because that's what we were trying to talk about. In North Carolina, you have to
2: be able to go deep in the summer, though. Like this, is, with killing <laughs> I know what Paul loves the, the deep.
1: Playing on the water. I mean, you're missing some important. <laughs> ass. I know
0: we're going over. It's that's okay. the thing. Hold on, behind the scenes. So, so we try to keep it around an hour because that's normally what folks digest. Because once uh, you get past that, like usually that's past like a car ride.
1: People are listening to the podcast on one and a half or two times.
0: There,
2: there's one reason right now. Let me see if I can do this. That you're going over an hour. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Let me get it
0: that way too. Oh, just, I, oh man, I'm a. There we go. There you go. All right. So we said. You said uh, flip-flops?
2: I go Crocs. So I, Crocs. I worked in Hawaii for a summer and got introduced to Crocs to protect your feet from sea urchins.
0: Hashtag Crocs, no socks. Also, uh, an, an, a big update on Crocs is uh, Vans, the famous footwear, has their own version of Crocs. And they are phenomenal. I just got them this week. They are amazing. They look like the checkered slip-ons, but they're like that Croc plastic. It's amazing. Oh, wow.
1: Speaking uh, of crocs, Wild Bill's missing one. So if anybody has an extra croc they don't need, send it to Wild Bill Fishing. He lost his, uh, uh, apparently, <laughs> another hoodlum kicked him off their boat, and um, he, he left with one croc and a fishing pole.
0: Dude, uh, again, total tangent, yes. And that was, as the Jugs and Bugs uh, podcast would say, that's some chickpea shit because he posted a whole video story series of him Walking barefoot because he lost one crock like a hillbilly down a major highway. And at one point he goes, oh, look, there's my exit. And it's literally a highway and he's walking down the off ramp. Dude has two fishing poles, no shoes on. One croc
1: in his other hand.
0: Looking ridiculous when he is uh, a co-owner of a starting to be successful fishing company. <laughs> All right, before you go any more into
1: the, the hot yeah. dance we got going on, mm-hmm. Mark, craziest thing you've seen on
2: the water? <laughs> uh, probably the one time uh, we were on we were fishing Lake McIntosh, and my buddy and I were just on the front deck of the boat and we're, we're angled under this bridge, and we're, we're both throwing jigs. And The angle that we're at made us look like we are looking at this family up on this pontoon boat ahead of us. and We got scolded by the mother for <laughs> sending out her daughter. <laughs> we, don't didn't get them. See her daughter. we didn't even see her daughter. We both had sunglasses on. and We're just throwing jigs around a bunch of people. Out. Uh, <laughs> at that, uh, pulling up a pop, uh, palm tree that somebody dropped using concrete in the base <laughs> of a palm tree uh, to create structure on Sharon. That's Harris. a crappie fisherman right there. That's a crappie fisherman.
1: There's a plastic palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. That shit wasn't going to rot off in two years.
2: Right? It'll stay right there. But until we moved it, it, was we did lift it with like six pounds. That's fine, too. There might have been
0: something else attached to that palm tree that
2: did not come up with it. I'm about to say, if you're in New Jersey and you
0: feel something hard on that, I just shake that off. That's a body. That's a body where I'm at. All right. Now that we've done with the diversion, that is, Paul. Thank you. Shit, We got to cover the notes exactly how you wrote them. Again, behind the scenes, the notes are to cover the care, the to, to make sure the conversation flows. Well, we, Mark is a great guest; he's had a great. We've had a great conversation; it's flowed. These are points for when we have crappy guests. I know, but he's the covering all league. of it. The Craziest thing you've seen on water is always a great one, and he got scolded for looking at like a fourteen-year-old. We'll make sure it's well, in like, there. I don't I know why we have car car to have I these domestic love. fights in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look. If we're gonna
1: be public, we we are public. <laughs> no shame.
0: All right, man. So back to rapid fire. You ready, Mark? Let's
1: get.
2: Back. Yeah, there you go. You're a strong guy.
1: From the beginning, Mark. Tell us, how did you get into
0: kayaking? <laughs>
2: <Shit>. <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> All right, you ready?
0: Yep. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. Oh. Mm. Uh, in a three-hour session, do you want five two-pounders or one seven-pounder, and you're just fishing for fun, not for a tournament? What the
2: fuck? Seven-pounder. Yeah, buddy.
0: Uh, wacky rig or Texas rig? Texas rig. You got go to go Texas. Ooh, all right, all right. I got my, my reasons. And uh, <laughs> if, if if Mark's just hanging out, sitting in his man cave are you uh is it slow jams or is it hype music
2: i grew up playing in a punk rock ska band in high school love it some energy to it it's yeah i gotta have a little energy to it love it and then the uh
0: 19th thing that uh the bass and Brews podcast is super famous for um and this is our closeout. One, you've been a great guest, Mark. Thank you so much for being on. But we are going to uh, judge you so much on this next question. And not only am I going to judge you, or Paul's going to judge you, uh, the whole you're Bass and Bruce universe. You're
1: from New York living in North Carolina. Yeah. So you're going to get judged by somebody that's a Yankee and somebody that's a Southerner. So you can't fuck this one up because we're, we're going to roast you if you do.
0: All right, you ready, man? Ready. What are your top three sandwich proteins?
2: So, I, if, I if you say
0: cheese, <laughs> we're going to end this episode. Before you, as soon as you say cheese, I end it. We're going to end you. Sure. But you're going to stay on here.
2: And- <laughs> so, I go with smoked turkey, solid, roast beef. Love it. I'll be. And I will go with either smoked ham or pepperoni. Pepperoni. That's my man.
0: And and I love it because uh, you had normal uh, choices. Some (laughs) of the guests don't have normal choices. If you guys haven't seen that, you can go over to my Instagram. Did you guys do liver
2: mush yet? Uh, (laughs)
0: Liver worse. No, I had liver worse. I had uh, Jeffrey came on. Uh, Big Nasty, 187, came on, and he said liverwurst. You guys go over to my Instagram page, Swamp Rat Fishing, all one word. I do a video where I try this uh, (laughs) devil's taint of a meat, and it's atrocious.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to start doing a a sandwich challenge. He ate that with mustard, and and he wouldn't eat fried liver mush. He wouldn't eat some of the shit I said to eat. Like, Listen, yeah. I had a whole
0: idea to do Sandwich Saturdays, where I eat listener sandwiches, and uh, Jeffrey gave me liver worse, and it was um, it made for good content, uh, but it was one time it was not right. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll make Paul eat them. Um, I don't know.
1: Well, look, I I don't have many on my Paul Roberts YouTube channel. I ain't got no fishing shit on there, but I got a couple. Things and a couple of them are some sandwiches I made during COVID that I ate. Ones watermelon pickle and I don't know something else. That's not a sandwich.
2: Delicious. That's I will in one direction here. You're trying to make edible food now. I also have been at home a lot for COVID. I actually had some practical solutions. Like I've been making buffalo chicken quesadillas. I've been making what I like to call a cracker sandwich, which has undertones that are not intentional. Because they are, it's American cheese and pepperoni. American cheese and pepperoni. Cheese and pepperoni on white bread. Listen, (laughs) you guys heard it
0: here first. Mark said that a cracker sandwich is just regular cheese and pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: look, look. Here's the thing if we want to start with a sandwich, and, Mark, no offense, buddy, but your sandwiches ain't shit. I will eat that
0: shit raw all day long. Absolutely. Great sandwiches, Mark. Them. Nope, great sandwiches. I don't have to have liverwurst. That's a wrap, boys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to use the panini press, though. You got to use the panini press for the cracker sandwich. Oh,
0: that's uh, that's some New York shit right there. We don't know. Uh... <laughs>
1: we want to start a sandwich, a sandwich video where Paul tries the sandwiches that the guest says. We will start that, and I will eat the damn sandwiches because they ain't much off a pig I ain't eating. I've eaten from the tutor to the pooter.
0: <laughs> also trademarked by Bass and Brews, tutor to the pooter.
1: Yes, yes, tits and I've eaten oh. those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, I, I do, hopefully, uh, in the future. I'd like to have you on. I, I feel like we kind of touched on something. I know Paul was talking about it, about maybe the future of bass, uh, kayak bass fishing. It'd be great to have you on maybe a big round table. We can do, I think, up to like 10 people. I think it'd be really awesome to get some tournament guys all together. Yeah, exactly. Right, Paul?
1: How am not supposed so, to talk amongst 10 people.
0: Well, gonna it's going to be a nine-hour show, more. and you'll find a way is what we've learned. <laughs> you <laughs> all right, Mark. invited me. I did. I know. Mark, thanks so much for coming on, man. Everybody, make sure to uh, follow Paul, Paul Heels. Uh, myself, Swamp Rat Fishing, YouTube. Uh, make sure to get your comments in. Paul's picking the best Instagram. Uh, Mark, I'm picking... Mark. Hold on. I'm going to get there. It's a whole deal. Damn, I should and make then I'm, I'm going to the get there. I've, I've done twelve or 11 of these before you. If this is and
1: not the time, you got to be easy with me.
0: <laughs> make sure to leave a comment on this so I can give you the, uh, the best. Uh, so I can pick the best YouTube comment. And Mark,
2: Where can people find you at? So you can find me at EMRG fishing on Instagram. It's emerge without a couple of these. You can find me me at school and bass school and underscore bass on Instagram for my instructional page that I'm starting up and then school and bass, just school and space bass on uh, YouTube.
0: And I'll have uh, all these links in the YouTube. I'll have them um, uh, in the show notes on wherever you get your podcast, and then uh, when we do the launch, uh, the launch promo stuff, uh, I'll have that all linked on Instagram too, so you guys can find Mark.
1: So one quick story about Mark. So <laughs> Mark and I had never met, never uh-huh. met, and I just through Instagram, we we had communicated. And I roll up to Sharon Harris one day, and I park in the first spot because I'm always the first one there. And I roll up and I park, and Mark rolls up, and we're all getting unloaded. I'm like, you're Mark. He goes, you're Paul. I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh, man. We spent a couple minutes him hauling in the south. That means talking. Mm-hmm. And we went on our way. And who'd have thunk? That would have been a couple months ago, I think, now, right? A few months ago yeah, a yeah. couple months ago now who'd have thought, here we are
0: on the number one podcast yeah. in, in antarctica that's it but insane. we also
1: we also have a local small pond
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we fish that we kind of keep somewhat secret but we both fish it so we can tell when each other's catching good fish out of it <laughs> well
0: you guys send me there uh, after my next video comes
1: out i'll spot burn it so um <laughs> come on it's a hole but we yeah. got places where you
2: stay yeah i i just caught 12 pounds and three fish out there the other day so uh, yeah, all right not that big <laughs> all right gents
0: we gotta cut it we definitely have to do a part two mark uh you fit in awesome. well maybe uh i don't know we fire paul and you come on as the co-host we'll see
2: <laughs> paul needs a vacation every now and then if you ever need a, a second guy let me know when paul's uh spending some time with the family.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to fire him.
2: All right, everybody, have a good night. <laughs> you too, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah.